Burns and Gamba on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station's special presentation. This is the Round Ball Roundtable, brought to you by the Investor Hub. Rewind, if you will, to, I don't know, it's probably the first week of November, last week of October. Sun starts season one and three. Three of our writers from ArizonaSports.com in our preseason prognostication piece that we all had to write for ArizonaSports.com had predicted that the Suns would win 60-plus games. Gambo, after the 1-3 and three start, says anybody who picks this team to win 60-plus games is nuts. They're out of their mind, right? Something like that. So, something, along the, something along those lines. Do, do we have working microphones here? I just want to make sure we're, we're up on everybody. I, Kellen, are you there? Kellen, does it? Why don't you try the one next to the one you're on? Let's see if that one works. And we always play this game. There he is. There he is. Hello. Right there. Okay. So, I'm working my afternoon shift. My dad texts me and says, "Wow, Gamble's being kind of mean to you guys today." <laughs> and I was like, "What?" So I go back in SML, listen to it, and ooh, we're taking a beating. But because we made a prediction that seemed foolish at the time, Gamble, your huh? criticism was warranted. Well. You guys obviously were very, very high on this team having a remarkable... I was high on them winning 55-plus games, but 60 seems like it's just so hard to do. 60 wins is just so difficult to do, and coming off of you know Chris Devin Booker in the Olympics and a long run in the NBA Finals and being somewhat tired and having an, you know having a, an, a, an arrow on their back. Uh, what's on their Target back? on their Target back. Yeah, on their back. On their I back. didn't think that they would get the 60. There might have been an arrow true on their back as well. Yeah. But uh, to pay that off, Gambo <laughs> bought the entire team uh, pizza earlier this week. So Kellen, Kevin Zimmerman, both uh, who also predicted, right? My mic works? Okay. Yeah, your mic works just fine. <laughs> Loud and clear, buddy. You had you had a 60-plus win season as well? I think we're all 60. Yeah. yeah. All right. Somebody so you, in there, somebody in that web department did not predict 60. Tyler Drake did, too, and I think he was the only one. Uh, I think it was only the three of us in the house that were in there. So. And you all had 60, huh? I think we all had Damn. 60. All right. yeah. All right. Did you enjoy the pizza? That's that's Sicilian. The main Gambo. question, right? Fantastic. Listen, I mean, got to come through, right? I didn't get the cheap stuff. I guess you guys good pizza. <laughs> I love how the reactions were like he, he is a charitable god, like the nicest person alive. To like people were calling you out for like saying, "Oh, pizza's not." It's like you can't. You paid a hundred bucks to like, feed everyone. Our, our buddy David Zorn, Zorno, is like. Yeah, I don't really believe you paid for the pizza. I'm like, I had to take a picture of my receipt and put it on there, right? And then I realized after I took the picture of the receipt that I had my phone number on there. So I had to delete it, cross it out. Then I took another picture, I put it on there. And then I realized at the bottom, it has my phone number on there. So twice I had to delete the photo because it had my phone number on there. Then the third time, I'm like, oh, it's got like part of my credit card info. And I'm like, so I had to like four times I had to delete it and keep putting it on there to show people that I actually the paid best, for the pizza. The best compliment we got, and, and this is a shout out to Jeremy, so Someone thought it was a staged advertisement for NYPD Pizza. Someone replied to me and said that. They even suggested maybe it was a Ford ad with, with you pulling up with your car. <laughs> like, <laughs> people go crazy like, on the internet. Like, Isn't that nuts? Like 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 yeah, this is just office placement. banter. That's all it is. Right. And they just think there's some inside there's scoop here. nothing no? to it, man. I just yeah. went out and I bought four pies and I brought them in. And, and you know, you guys all predicted 60 and I bought lunch for the day. That's it. There's nothing else I, to it. I used to endorse NYPD Pizza. It's a wonderful pizza pie. But that was not the, you know, that was not the, this is not like some product placement, right? Where we've got the convenient Dell computer and the shot or the this or the that. We we're pure. We're pure. We, we, we 100%. We are absolutely pure. All right. So since we're talking about win total and uh, yeah, the, the, the video, by the way, of Gambo bringing the web team pizza was priceless. And if you haven't watched it, you can see it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Let's talk about wins for a second. And, and Kevin, I'm going to start with you on this one. 
There are seven games to go. 68 is the max. A, where do you think they end? And B, is there any kind of significance, historical or otherwise, that you would attach to them getting to a certain number, other than obviously the franchise record for most wins in the season, which they can tie tonight. Is there a number you want to see them get to? Not at this point. I think once you get up to those numbers where it's historical in an NBA perspective, then you start talking about obviously those teams have gone a long way, gone to the Western Conference Finals at least. Um, But to me, this team has done all the work already, and it's just doing little things to get better, getting guys rest if they need rest. Um, Franchise record's nice for the historical aspect, I think, but that's obviously pretty easy at this point for them to get. Kellen, is there a number you want to see them get? No, I think we can all agree that at this point in the season, no matter how these last seven games left, seven seven games left, if they go three and four, two and five, are we going to say, are the Phoenix Suns in trouble? God, no. I do not think we are going to because they have been far and away the best team in the league, and they've established that by now. I I think that the interesting thing, especially from the Philly game, is that... uh, Okay, Sunday afternoon, maybe like you clinched, maybe you're expecting some sort of like energy not being there, and then Booker's jawing at the Philly bench. He's got a season high in the first quarter. Like this team doesn't lose lose its mojo in any way, even when those guys aren't playing the Spurs game last year, even like the way that they fought with so many guys out. Jalen Smith started that game, Etwan Moore started that game, they won that game, and they just bring that intensity everywhere, and it's been really impressive to see. Gambo, you want sixty eight, don't you? I I don't want anything except a championship. And then you know, to, to our discussion yesterday, they they have to win the championship. They don't. They want to win it. They they need to. They have to win the championship. So I, I just don't know that they're going to go into any of these games wanting to lose. And the, the way they played, if they want to win, they're going to win. So I think sixty eight is possible. I think at some point, you know, Monty is going to be the grown up in the room and say, "You're not playing. You're not playing. You're not playing, and you're not playing." Uh, despite what they said, but I've talked to people in that organization. We art over science, right? The science says rest guys the art says don't rest guys they've chosen art over science it's weird I, I don't there's i don't really care about the number either and yet that's kind of a little bit of a lie like as a forever suns fan there is part of me that would like to see them get i don't know maybe it's just because the bill simmons podcast is kind of in my head still I'd, 66 seems really cool 67 seems really cool right like that's some you're talking about rarefied air now right you're talking about truly in the history of the nba One of the best seasons ever in the history of the association. And to get to 67 would be to get there. To get to 66 would be there. I I don't know. I mean, I don't want to see them do anything crazy or reckless to get it, Kellen. But it would still be kind of cool to say, hey, you remember that season when when the Phoenix Suns won 67 games? That that's very few teams are able to get to a level like that. I just can't see it. I really can't. To echo a point that my good friend John Cambadoro has been making for weeks, you look at these teams that finished that high. Dallas, that 67-win season, that was the year they got bounced by the Warriors, I believe, in, in the first round. The Rockets made it to that number, I think like 65, 66, Seattle in baseball. The something Patriots like that. win 16-0. And We've seen this Giants. all the time. And um, I think something I would like to redirect back to both of you, really, and like Kevin, if you think of an example, pipe in too but the the historians here you guys have been talking about valley sports for so long now every day can you remember a valley sports team that had this championship expectations or bust right now not not at this level no 
I, I can't think of one. The Cardinals that went to the Super Bowl, they won nine games. Chris Collinsworth said it was the worst team that's ever been in the playoffs. Oh, one, they were playing the Yankees. I mean, I, and, and I thought the Yankees were going to sweep them. I mean, yeah. it was a good Diamondback team, but they were the, that was the Yankees. Like, a lot was, of people did not think they would beat the Yankees. Kellen, the only one I came up with, and then Kevin, I want to hear from you on this one. The only one I came up with, and it's not, it, it's the Suns. The, the right answer is this year's Suns. The 13 and 3 Arizona Cardinals under Carson Palmer, the day after they beat the Green Bay Packers, like the second to the last game of the regular season, I hosted a show that Monday, and I this is it. That's a Super Bowl winning team. That is the best team in the National Football League, and they're going to win the Super Bowl. And it seemed not as predestined or predetermined as it does with this Suns team, but it seemed pretty darn sure that that team was going to win a Super Bowl. And, and so that's the only one to me, Kevin, that even comes close to the kind of pressure and expectation that is on this Phoenix Suns team. Gambo said it yesterday very well. They better win it this year because it, it's if they don't, it is going to be a massive letdown for everybody in this city. Just random question for you guys then. Coming off of their first or second finals appearance when I was like five, like what were the expectations the next year? And then I guess the Diamondbacks when they won, were the expectations that high the next year? Probably not. The year after the Diamondbacks won the World Series, they still brought back Schilling and Johnson, yeah. and I, 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 that team had the best record in baseball for most of the year. If the I next remember year, right. yeah, in two thousand two, well, who did they lose to? They in lost the playoffs. The Cardinals, Cardinals and the sort of Cardinals, and they were hurt. They were they it were was just so injured all at the end, right? hell at the yeah. end of the season. Everybody was hurt. Uh, I will tell you, from okay, I go way way back with this team. <laughs> After the first, after the second NBA Finals, the Charles Barkley NBA Finals, to me the biggest failure as a Phoenix Suns fan for my whole life was the team didn't win a championship the next two years when they lost to the Rockets because because, because Jordan, who was right. out of the picture because yeah, Jordan yeah, yeah. was out of the picture yeah, it was yeah. a Jordanless league. I was you, a Knicks fan. They, and we had the same feeling. It was, that was that was the Knicks time right there. Yep, that was your moment. That was your, and, and I I like the seven seconds or less Suns. I never got that mad that they didn't win. I enjoyed that ride a little bit. The Barkley Suns. Man, those teams pissed me off that they didn't win a championship after Jordan left the I, league. I'll just say this on your on your number thing. Like the only number I care about is sixteen. I can't wait till this like this is over. Sixty five, six, 16. They need to get to sixteen wins. Okay? Not 65, 66, 67, or 68. Like, I could care less about that. They need to get to 16 wins. And when that starts, when that, when that clock starts on that, that that's going to be what matters. When we come back, Round Ball Roundtable, Kevin Zimmerman, Kellen Olson from ArizonaSports.com, Gambo and I, and we're chopping up the Suns team that's taking on the Warriors tonight. When we come back, uh, the team rewards we all want. The individual awards, are they coming too? We'll talk about that next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. The Round Ball Roundtable continues next. Brought to you by the Investor Hub. In Gambo, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Now, more Round Ball Roundtable, brought to you by the Investor Hub. All right, just real quick, we um, it's not breaking news sounder worthy, but I will let everybody know right now that eight-time Pro Bowl corner Patrick Peterson announced on his All Things Covered podcast, he's retiring. 
No. <laughs> he's re-signing with the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, okay. He's going back to the Minnesota Let's Vikings. Let's guess at how much money he's going to get. Uh, one year. Four million. Four million dollars with, with incentives. incentives that can bump it up to six. I'm just okay. going to guess. I don't know that. I'm just I'm just going to guess that. Good for him. Keep getting those paychecks as long as you can, buddy. <laughs> you're, on, you're on the tail end for sure, but uh, keep it going. You're you're on the 16th hole, man. Yeah. Just you, you got a little bit of daylight left. Keep playing, man. Keep going, Patrick. He's only 31. I know. Get that Steve Kime special. Have a real nice one-year deal, and then you bust out, and then earn three years, two years guaranteed. Oh no, you don't like get you, you go year by year when you when you when you're a thirty-something-year-old uh, cornerback. Oh, yeah, come on, Pat's got to get that. Skills are in decline. You go Kev- year by year. Kevin Zimmerman from ArizonaSports.com. Kellen Olson from ArizonaSports.com. Joining me and Gambo as we're doing our round ball roundtable. All right, Kevin, I'm going to start with you on this one. You know, before we talk about individual awards, because I feel like we've talked a lot about that lately, I, I do kind of want to pick both of your brains and all of your brains really about th- this idea. Gambo calls it art versus science. How limited, limiting do you think Suns minutes are going to be over these last seven games? How much should they be over these last seven games, do you think? To me, it's really individual-based, so Kellen and I in our podcast have talked a lot about Mikel Bridges, who leads, I think he still probably leads the NBA in minutes or is up there, and that guy probably could use a few breaks, even though he's probably going to lie and say he feels fine. You know, that's where, like Gambo says, Monty's just got to say, no, you're, you're, you're taking today off. Um, but, you know, Chris Paul took a long time off. If he wants to find a rhythm, I actually don't think even at his age it's a bad idea for him to keep playing. And, you know, I, I just see it as an individual thing. Who are the individuals killing on this team? Mikel's obviously one of them. Is Book the other? That you'd like to see a little bit of a governor on his minutes over these last seven games or so? Yeah, just everyone. You guys remember Abdul Nader? You guys remember that guy? Of he course. used to be on the Suns, of yes, course. Yeah. I remember him, yeah. So 15 games into the year, uh, the minutes for the Suns, no one was playing above 34 a game. They were around like 33 to 32. Whatever Monty's numbers and, and everything that James Jones talks about with you guys in terms of the numbers that they have and the science that work that they do, it told them to obviously like rev guys up slowly. They did not start there. They played a 10-man rotation. Abdul Nader was part of that rotation and got like 10 to 12 minutes a game. And that's more of what I'm looking at is less about the guys at the top more about the guys at the bottom getting more. Let's throw Ish Wainwright into that rotation. Let's get him 10 to 12 a night because that'll take a few off Crowder's plate. That'll take a few off Mikel Bridges' plate. If you want to throw Aaron Holiday and Alfred Payton out there too, I'm not going to be too disappointed in it. Now, how much do you disrupt the flow? That's what Monty's looking at, and he just wants to keep their rhythm at a certain length. But then again, you're going to have a week off in between the regular season and the first round anyway, but it's it's an articulate kind of thing. And Monty told us a couple days ago, he's like, I've never done this before. I've never coached a team that is clinched like this. I've been, I've never been like this as a head coach, so we had to figure out a plan over the couple of days, and I think they figured it out now, and we'll see what it looks like here over the next couple of games. I, I made a passing reference to it, but when you say art versus science, what, yeah. do, you, what do you mean when you say that well there's a sophisticated way that they test all the players and they test for all of these things you know how much rest do they need how do they how do they eat how do they sleep how do they respond and and so that's so that will all tell you what you need to you should rest this guy you should rest that guy you shouldn't play this guy but the art is the way they play the game the art is that the beauty of the way they play in the game and the rhythm that they're in and not wanting to mess that up so the Suns will choose art over science so the science may say rest the guy but the art says keep playing the guys now 
it's possible that they decide to get rest more in practice. Like, okay, we're not going to go hard in practice, so we're gonna we're just going to have an hour practice, or we're not going to have a practice at all today, and still play the games the way they want to play the games, but maybe rest instead of having a three or two and a half hour practice. They don't practice at all, and that's where they could get some extra Look, rest. I know he's got that streak. He hasn't missed a game since like the fifth grade, but I would agree with you guys. Mikel Bridges is the one that when he played fifty minutes against the Sacramento Kings, I'm like, oh, doggy, let's let's. let's Let's pull back on his minutes a little bit the last couple weeks of the season. Because I do think, and and Kellen, Kevin, comment on this if you want. I thought Mikel might have worn down a little bit by the end of last year's playoff push. He seemed a little, I know he had a moment in the finals. I thought he was a little tired the last series of the NBA playoffs. Agree, disagree? I I think he was, but I think at the same time, he was just the one guy that didn't adjust to playoff basketball the best, and he's the one guy that I'm looking at on the team out of everyone else that needs to step up in this postseason compared to last year because John Drayton was out of his mind. Devin Booker was phenomenal. Chris Paul went through everything that he went through and still played pretty great basketball, but Mikel was okay. He was great defensively as always, but the scoring contributions just weren't there, and the way that Monty phrased it a couple weeks ago is that he just said Mikel is seeking the ball out now in those situations in the fourth quarter. He's looking looking for the ball to come to him and he's finding spaces on the floor where he can get it more consistently. He's averaging what, like 16, 17 a game since Christmas, something like that. He's really turned around his scoring. So to me, he needs to keep that aggression up. But again, how do you balance this over the next two weeks? The thing that I say on our podcast all the time is that Monty Williams knows this team better than any soul on the planet right now. So I'm not going to sit here and say what he should do. Throw out suggestions. Sure. But he knows better than anyone what the balance is between giving Guys, like three or four games off for this stretch versus I need to keep their flow and their rhythm alive. Just tell me, is he going to win Defensive Player of the Year? I think no. 50 bucks. No, he's not going to win Defensive Player of the Year? Nope. Oh, you're crushing my dreams here. I got $50 on it. The history is against him. People like blocks. People Man, like steals. centers. Yeah, I think I, the number that I had so in the story was... you think it's Bam out of bio? Or Rudy Gobert, yeah. Everyone's favorite player, Rudy Gobert. people like Marcus Smart, too, right now. The, the more interesting thing to look at is Booker for first-team All-NBA because he's going against Giants. That's LeBron, Luka, Morant, Curry. He's been the best guard in the league, in my opinion. He should get it. We had a, side, a story on the side a couple days ago about that, but... We'll see. We're talking about MVP. I think that's the more important thing for him. No, I care more about defensive player of the year. I get $1,750. Wouldn't it, Kevin? I think Mikel has a better case for defensive player of the year than like book for MVP. I think. Oh yeah, like, we all think that. Yeah. yeah. But well, oh, first team. Okay, okay so most yeah. like most likely scenario. Yeah. Monty coach of the year, Bridges defensive player of the year, book MVP, book first team All NBA. What's the most likely of those four? Monty Coach of the Year, because everyone feels bad about last season. <laughs> guilt. Yes. It's a, it's a guilt-based yeah. award that he's going to get. Oh, man, we screwed that up by giving it to Tibbs last year. Sorry, our they bad. Did, yeah. How are the roaring New York Knicks doing right now? Oh, the place in the Eastern Conference, I think by the way. I saw something today in a New York Post about Julius Randle might force his way out of there. Oh, my gosh. It's, going, it's fun. That's a journey doggy That's Okay, second most likely. Book Book first team. Book first team. I don't know the. I just don't super see, max. I just don't see the defense player of the year ever going for perimeter players. Like you look at the history, was it Ron Artest then, or do you, how do you change his name? And then it's like Gary Payton. That's you, the, you are killing Gambo's dreams of cashing in on a fifty dollar bet. Well, they don't know. I mean, he could still win it. I mean, Mikel could still win. He could. He could. He's on the short list. I think that's the important thing. He's among three or four guys. Yeah. So, so with the first team All NBA thing, then I, I mean, it's. Him and Ja, right? I, I mean, 
should be, yes. It should be, but uh, Luka's in there. Steph Curry's in there. LeBron James are in there. You've got Luka, who has been the biggest emerging superstar in the league the past three years. The guy that has been the biggest emerging superstar the past year is Jaw. From just everything we see from national coverage, from how many impressions they get online, everything. Those are the, the two Grizzlies biggest win. superstars in the league the last three years. And then LeBron, Steph, that's what Book's got to compete with. And look, I've seen him get disrespected and slighted in these types of things. All-NBA, All-Star, all of this stuff until he gets the props that he deserves, which this year is first-team All-NBA. I'll believe it when I see it. 18-2 and two without John Morant this year. 18-2. and two. The, the Memphis Grizzlies. May work in Book's favor. Listen, we haven't. The, the last Suns player that was all NBA was Goran Dragic, who's third team. That was a while ago. So if he doesn't get first team, he should get second team. I think he'll get one of them. I think one of the things that helps him is, you know, over, over Ja, if he does. You know, Ja's exciting. I get he's a great player, but 18 and 2. They have won a lot of games when Ja Morant doesn't play. All right, guys. Good work as always. Uh, got anything Empire of the Suns we need to let everybody know about? We got a podcast up. What's going on? That is the podcast. And then on ArizonaSports.com, we got a bunch going. We just had an episode where we did just this. We discussed four or five awards, made the case for it. We talked Cam Johnson for most improved as well. A couple of other things you can find on the site. If you're craving more Suns content, go to ArizonaSports.com. Search Empire of the Suns. Look for Kevin. Look for Kellen. You will find it. Podcasts, written content, all the Suns coverage your heart could possibly desire. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Kevin Zimmerman, Kellen Olson, joining us here in studio. James Jones has the best team in the league this season. How does he want things to play out down the stretch when it comes to rest? Our exclusive conversation with the Suns GM is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. You've been listening to the Round Ball Roundtable, brought to you by the Investor Hub. The home of Phoenix Suns basketball is 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. State of the Suns, brought to you by Canvas Annuity. Save smarter with rates up to 3.25% per year. State of the Suns. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns front office and talk with a key decision maker. Welcome back to the Burns and Gambo show on this Wednesday afternoon at 3.30 here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Phoenix Suns in action tonight, winding down the regular season and with great anticipation looking forward to the postseason. And joining us right now here on the 72-sold sports line, the general manager of the Suns, James Jones. And first off, James, congratulations on securing the number one seed and the best record in the NBA. I know you've got bigger goals and accomplishments in mind, but one step at a time, and that was a pretty pretty big one for you guys to get no it really was I mean I think the guys they they deserve all the credit that they've gotten for being a good team this year and and for us pushing you know pushing through the ups and downs of the season to come out uh, with the best record and uh, that's a a major accomplishment so we want to we want to make sure that we we cherish that moment as we still continue to focus on the the future and and what the rest of this regular season brings man I was going to congratulate you on that run by Miami all the way to the lead eight I mean some (laughs) great wins over USC and that win over Auburn and then you know, clobber in Iowa State, and then obviously run into a buzz store in, uh, buzz store in Kansas in that Elite Eight game. Yeah, I mean, the, the Coach L has those guys playing well. I mean, they, you know, in, in college basketball, it's it's so important to, to hit your stride at the right time, and that they got closer to the end of the regular season, got into tournament season, and then the NCAA tournament. I think their experience and um, it. 
it really crystallized for them, and they were fun to watch. They just ran into a really good Kansas team, um, and you just have, you have to take your hat off to Kansas. Uh, they're a really good squad, but I think my squad, I think the Hurricanes, uh, they showed that you know um, consistency, maturity, and good coaching can take you a long way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And battle tested in that ACC, although I miss them in the Big East. Battle tested in the ACC. All right, let, let's talk about art over science as we we go down the stretch here. Monty said you guys are devising a game plan. How much? How much of of how often your players play is up to them? How much is up to them wanting to keep the rhythm compared to what the system says on how much rest the guy should get? I mean, well, I always say I trust our players more than I trust any system. Um, you put out a lot of hypotheticals into it. You know, the best feedback we get is from our players directly. You know, they're the ones out there playing. They know how one game feels versus another. Um, and they, more importantly, know um, the balance they need to strike in order to feel confident uh, when they get out there. So we'll we'll figure out if you know, there are opportunities for our guys to rest, how much they should rest. But I'm, I'm very conscious of uh, the rhythm and, and the balance that a player de- develops over an 82-game series, I mean season. So as we get down to the end, uh, the guys will talk to coach. They'll talk to the staff and say, hey, I feel good today. Um, I'm ready to go. Or, hey, you know what, I need some time. James, you've been in this position as a player many, many, many times. Um, you know, having the number one seed uh, and things like that. What What is the danger of resting, and what is the benefit of resting for your guys? Um, the danger of resting is a guy gets hurt. Um, the The danger of of resting is a guy is healthy, but he comes back and he's out of rhythm. Um, you know, you can slice it either way, but. You know, when you get to the playoffs, you have to be able to play and play at a high level. Anything that you do, you do it with an eye towards can this help him uh, maintain his rhythm and uh, increase his ability to play a heavy dose of minutes in the playoffs. And so the balance always comes back to, you know, what does the player think is best for him in his game? And, and then you, you, you roll with that. James Jones joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show, general manager of the Phoenix Suns. Is there a number in mind for you when it comes to Cam Johnson and how many games you'd like to see him play before the postseason begins? No, I mean, we're just, we're just going to take it game by game and let him continue to, to, to ramp up. You know, I would think he'd, he'd ask for all the games. Um, he's a guy that wants to play all the time. And, you know, you, know, you only think uh, – one or two games ahead when you're coming back from injury. So I think after a couple of games, we'll be able to see how he feels. When it comes to goals that you guys have for the rest of the season, is there a number in terms of wins that you guys are trying to achieve, or is that not on your radar at all going into the final couple weeks of the season, James? Uh, it's, it's win every game that we play, and whatever that number ends up being, I think our guys would be satisfied with it. I think we have seven games left, so if we could win seven games, that'd be amazing. Um, but we really taken it one game at a time, and that's been their approach, and that's why we, we're in this position where we can set um, you know franchise record for, for wins, but our guys are thinking bigger than that. It's can we consistently win games, and, and can we put together a streak? And so if we manage all those things with the depth of this team, I think it's realistic that we can win all of our remaining games. Um, that's our goal every time those guys lace it up. They want to win. So if you ask them, their expectation is to win the games we play. James, I want to ask you about Ish Wainwright. I know most of the, the heavy lifting's been done. You added uh, you know, some good players with uh, Bismack Biombo, and then you added Aaron Holiday. You brought back uh, Tory Craig. But you'll have a decision uh, soon on Ish Wainwright because he was uh, given a two-way contract. Do you expect that decision to come soon? 
Uh, that's a decision we have to make at the end of the season. Um, you know, we still have a lot of time, but Ish has been phenomenal. He's played great basketball. Um, it's it's one of those things where we have so much depth as we gear up for the playoffs. We'll we'll figure out what's the best. Um, you know, what are the best scenarios? What's the the best uh, kind of composition for the squad in the postseason? What gives us the best chance of winning? Um, but we're we're impressed with what he's done, and, and just just happy for his progress. And you know, he's he's a guy that's earned every opportunity he's gotten. He's made the most of it. Yeah, I would imagine if uh, you know, as uh, from the you being a, a a valuable role player, is Ish a guy that you want to? You just feel like, hey, you know, everything he's done so well, uh, at, you know, on the bench, cheering guys on, practicing hard. Is there a reward for him to have that converted so he could participate and be on the roster for the playoffs? I mean, I would, I would assume so. You know, anytime you can get an NBA contract, uh, you're you're only getting that because you played well and you've you've shown that you deserve it. Um, but there's just so many guys on our roster who are deserving of of, of playoff minutes and, and playoff opportunities. Um, so that's why I said we're, we're evaluated at the end of the year. But he's done a t- tremendous job. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. One more question, if I could, about the rest. I want to circle back to that for a second. And I want to ask you about that week off that, that you guys are going to get from the end of the regular season to when the playoffs start while they play the play-in tournament. Does that, having that at your disposal, factor at all into decisions that are made from players and coaches about playing time, et cetera, et cetera? Nah, you just, you know, like I said, you can take it week by week, but you know that week is a critical prep week um and and you take whatever the bumps and bruises you have at the end of the regular season and you try to heal during that week um you know i think the thing people forget about rest is if you start resting too early you talk about potentially two weeks of non-basketball opportunity i mean opportunities yeah and that can have a detrimental effect for players you got guys on your team in your organization monty Mikel book who could be up for some serious individual hardware when the season is done. Do, do you, is that something you stump for? Is that something you hope for? I, I know there are much, much bigger picture issues going on with the team and trying to win that first championship. But as far as that individual stuff, is that something that you stump for or that you hope to see the Suns rewarded with when the offseason comes in? Um, no, I don't stop for it. I, we just play the games we play, right? And, and it will it'll handle itself, and we'll make sure that we continue to put our guys in a position to demonstrate just how good they are. I think the world recognizes um, just the quality of basketball that we play and, and the quality of the players that we have. And so um, it should speak for itself, and, and we're confident these guys will be recognized for their great efforts. How has this team managed the entire season to to never let their foot off the gas pedal, to never take a step back? I mean, that Minnesota game, I mean, Book was playing like somebody shot his dog. You guys, you guys were angry and mad. and you, It doesn't matter if you're down 15. This team is never, even when you wrap things up and you had the number one seed, we're seeing this team continue to play hard, not take a game off, not take a half off or a quarter off. What is it about this team that motivates them, even when there's not much on the line to go out there and play so hard i mean they play to win man they just you know every time they're on the floor they appreciate the opportunity they all get that we're in a special place uh, to be in the nba and play nba games um it's a privilege and they want to make sure that they represent themselves and, and their journeys the right way and so they play to the end and they play to win james when you played on miami and cleveland successful teams that that that, that won it all were we, we did you ever notice that on those teams that they played hard all the way through to the final game yeah, I mean, that's how you, you win 58, 62, 63 games. 
Um, you know, you play all the way to the end. And and the good players, you know, they don't take it for granted. You know, if you look at all the statistics and, and all of the, um, you know, like all, all of the, the stats that the guys make, the historical stats, it's how many games they play, how many minutes did they play. You only get that by playing. And so we have guys that are built that way. They all want to play every game. It'll be a badge for those guys that play 82. Very few of them can because of circumstance, but they want to get as close to that as possible. James, as always, we appreciate the time. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you very soon, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, James. That's James Jones joining us on the 72-sold sports line. Get your price at 72sold.com. We've got the Burns and Gambo Show podcast. You can subscribe right now on your iPhone or your Android, just like you would any other podcast that you love listening to, and you'll never miss any of our show. The Burns and Gambo Show podcast is brought to you this week by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get the most money selling your home for cash. Go to highestprice.com. That's highestprice.com. Dot com. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, a big contract was handed out in the NFL a couple of weeks ago, guaranteed every single dime that the quarterback was set to earn. Did that set a precedent that the Cardinals are going to have to pay for? We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station, Burns and Gambo afternoons. And I quote, I'm trying to answer that when I had a reaction to it. And it's like, damn, I wish they hadn't guaranteed the whole contract. I don't know that he should have been the first guy to get a fully guaranteed contract. (laughs) To me, that's something that is groundbreaking and it will make negotiations harder with others. He then added, but it doesn't necessarily mean we have to play that game. You know, we shall see. If I was in bogged down negotiations with Lamar Jackson, maybe I would have a quicker reaction to that news. Close quote. That is Steve Biscotti, who's the owner of the Baltimore Ravens. And he was asked during the NFL League meetings what his reaction was to Deshaun Watson upon getting traded to the Cleveland Browns, signing a five year, $230 million contract, every single dime of which is guaranteed, every single dollar. And given that he is an owner, who's in the middle of his own contract negotiations with his own franchise quarterback, and we'll have more on that in a little bit because it's a unique negotiation going on between the Ravens and the and Lamar Jackson. He's like, yeah, damn, I kind of wish they hadn't done that because now sure. you would think every quarterback of Deshaun Watson's ilk, every agent, every agent is going to ask for that, would be like, hey, I want one of those. <clears throat> he got yeah. one of those. I want one of those. And then, of course, we spin it to yeah. a Kyler Murray conversation. Is it the outlier or does it become the norm? I mean, that's the thing. Uh, in these negotiations, you know, I've, t- I've talked about how 65% guaranteed is about the norm mm-hmm. on a contract extension. Like for Kyla Murray, you would look for about 65% of the new money to be guaranteed. Maybe that gets pushed up higher without going to 100% like Deshaun Watson. Maybe the norm will be, you know what, it's got to be more like 70 or 75%, okay? If we're going to get $100 million, we need $75 million of it guaranteed. So I think you'll see that change a little bit because of the Deshaun Watson contract. Do I think that the norm is going to be fully guaranteed contracts? Probably not. Not yet. I think agent, I think teams will still hold the lot of the everybody's going to buckle. Okay, he got one, so everybody does. 
You know, I mean, I think, you know, we'll give you an unbelievable deal. You'll be filthy rich. And, you know, if the, if the guy's going to be a great quarterback for 10 or 15 years, he's going to make a hell of a lot more money than just what the first contract brought up. And I don't want to get into a whole bunch of legal mumbo jumbo here, but there's a there's a word for what some people around the league were, was kind of worried might happen with this Deshaun Watson deal. And that's collusion. And here's what I mean by yeah. that, that in, in some ways, like the, the other 31 owners in the league are like, dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? That's not that's that's not what we do here in the league. We we don't guarantee a hundred percent of a contract for a quarterback, right? What what are you what what, what are you you're killing us here? Because now you do it, suddenly we have to do it, or the pressure is going to be on us to do it, and it does make you wonder if that's kind of part of the hidden collusion of the National Football League. That while maybe none of them have come right out and said we don't do stuff like that, there's always been this unwritten, unspoken idea, dude. We don't fully guarantee contracts in this league, but now that you've become the first, you've created this problem. We all have to do the same thing. I, I don't know. Well, they may not all have to do it, but he, he, here's the thing, and I said this the other day when we talked about it. The Cleveland Browns have never won a Super Bowl. Haven't had a good quarterback since Bernie Kosar. Right. Had Brian Sipe and Bernie Kosar back-to-back. Those were good quarterbacks. They had some good runs in the AFC, but they've never won a Super Bowl, and they've never appeared in the Super Bowl. Okay, this organization's been around for a long time. It goes back to Jim Brown. Like, they have never won a Super Bowl. They had a chance to get a franchise quarterback, something that they haven't had in in decades, many, many decades since they've had a franchise quarterback. And that's the extent they had to do to go get that guy. Now, that that was what they did. And, and if you want to, if other owners, you want to fault them for the way that they did the contract, if that's what it took to get Deshaun Watson, then that's what it took. If I'm a Cleveland Brown fan, I'm happy I got a great quarterback now. I'm happy that, that I've got a quarterback that I think can compete in the AFC with all of the other, you know, blue bloods or whatever we want to call them. So, um, if I'm, but if I'm the Ravens and I, I'm this guy, I've won a couple of Super Bowls. I don't want to do business like that. That doesn't mean you have to do business like that. You don't have to. No, Joe Burrow can ask for it. Um, uh, Justin Herbert can ask for it. Kyler Murray can doesn't ask mean for they get it. it. Doesn't mean they necessarily get it. And 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 it'll just be. I predict, and this is just a guess here. I predict that this will be a sticking point in a future negotiation in the next year or two for with somebody, some quarterback. Absolutely, for somebody. I don't know. I'm not saying it's going to be Kyler. I don't know who it's going to be, but I think with all the great young quarterbacks that we're seeing come into the league. I, I, I'm pretty sure that at some point in the next year or two, Deshaun Watson's fully guaranteed $230 million contract will be a sticking point for an agent and a quarterback who wants exactly the same if, thing. If there's another Cleveland Browns out there, are the Carolina Pan- would the Carolina Panthers do it? Would the Saints do it? You need another team. Is there another team... Where if you're a quarterback, look, I'm going to play this out. I'm going to play it out because I'm going to get that guaranteed money from somebody. It takes another team. Well, sure, but but does it take a free agent switching teams like Watson did? Or does it just take a team that's trying to keep its own guy like the Chargers keeping Herbert or the Bengals keeping Burrow? Why, or, but could, what leverage does Herbert have if there's no other team that will give him a fully guaranteed contract? Fair. And the Chargers are going to give you a 75% guarantee. And, and I can tag you, and I can tag you, and you're not going anywhere. Right, there's right? No lever- there's not I mean, a lot of leverage. Right. I mean, it, there would have to be other teams that believe the way the Browns do. If I can get my hands on a guy like that, yes, I'd fully guarantee the contract you're for right. however long you know it what? takes. That's a good point, because it, crea- it, it took a marketplace to create that sort of demand, right? It yeah. took a, I'm going to play this offer against that offer against that offer. Hey, Cleveland... I'm going to tell you no. I'm just going to tell you right now, your offer is not good enough. Oh, you're going to fully guarantee every dime of it? 
Oh, okay. Right. I'll come to Cleveland. Yeah, you're right. It, it does take a little bit of a market for to compete for services like that. The other news out of the NFL today, and we, we kind of skated over this earlier when we were doing our round ball roundtable. Let's circle back on it for a couple of minutes. Patrick Peterson. We haven't seen the financial terms. No. Made the announcement on his All Things Covered podcast, which I'm so grateful we have stopped playing sound bites from the All Things Covered <laughs> podcast, by the way. If I can just... What, do you want another? No, unless you got one. You got one for me? No, you got Patrick geez. Peterson breaking... I'm excited room. about it, man. My family is excited about it. Um, I can't wait to get back uh, up there. You know, I just text um, all the guys and, um, you know, all the guys excited that um, that I, I chose to, to stay put. So it's going to be a, a fun year. It was a fun year last year. It wasn't the outcome that obviously that we wanted. But, you know, we got another crack at it. You know, so got it's another be, crack at yeah, it. And just pretty much everybody who was there last year. So it's going to be fun um, to, to, to get back in the building and, and, and see all of this um, kind of manifest. It's a one-year deal. I've seen anything on it on like even on the like the Star Tribune in Minnesota? I don't see anything about Patrick Peterson at in terms all. of terms. Well, I mean, he made the announcement himself. Yeah, so. I know, but like you know, like you would think that they would there would be something out there. I don't see anything on Patrick Peterson. I love that. You know, I made the decision to come back. I had so many offers out there, <sighs> had to go through them all. I don't know, Patrick Peterson. I mean, three weeks in, and he doesn't have any. I think Minnesota. You know, I think Minnesota probably did what the Cardinals did. Go see what the market's like. Go test it the first week the second week and if you want to come back here's what we have to give you you know that's why it wasn't like he wasn't signed right away i mean it's that's why we're in the third week and go test the market see if you know patrick peterson probably went out and and it's what you should do go see if anybody wants to pay you more than the vikings do vikings said we'll pay you four million a year if that's what it is go see if you can, somebody wants to pay you six to seven and when nobody wants to pay you that, then you come back and you say, okay, I'll take your offer. Tonight, the Phoenix Suns have the opportunity to tie history, to match history. It could also be a future playoff preview tonight, though not necessarily in the round that you think. And we'll tell you why next on the Burns and Gambo Show.